Welcome to Season 2 of Cape Chronicles.
couple days since what happened at the fundraiser occurred and Rapid Falcon was unfortunately uh, ended by Eclipse. And you've received messages from what would normally have been Rapid Falcon's communication, but it wasn't Rapid Falcon. It was his brother-in-law, Amelia's dad. Quasi, you would have been told this in person, but uh, just the communication went out to everybody that services would be held in about a week's time. Nobody really just has good clothes to wear for something like that. So, unfortunately, this means you needed to take a trip to the mall. Quasi doesn't wear clothes. Ah, my worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Royale, your lovely mother figure has given you some money and said to get whatever you need. And don't worry about getting that back to her. As you walk into the mall, where are you heading? I have no idea. What the fuck do you even wear to a funeral? (laughs) Jacqueline probably doesn't super remember if she's been to one in her life or had any kind of like... She has no idea what proper procedure here is, just that it ought to be black. (laughs) So... Uh, she probably is, uh, <laughs> Go ahead. is the wrong person to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, is Quasi here with me or did I did I enter alone? Uh, I believe you entered alone. Oh, OK. okay. <laughs> My mistake. Uh, but yeah, you walk in and the entrance is right near the food court. Uh, it's a big circular area. Uh, restaurants along all the sides. You know, you've got your Staples, you've got your Sabaro, you've got your uh, Asian fusion place with the person outside with teriyaki chicken on toothpicks. Good. Uh, you, <laughs> you have your Dairy Queen Orange Julius. You have your local smoothie shack that's only just at this mall. And a few other places that you know you can see around you. Uh, The tables with people sitting and eating, talking, scattered throughout the center. Mm -hmm. There's a large uh, play area in the very center for uh, kids to yell and scream, which being kids, of course they are. (laughs) Uh, Definitely what I need while I'm trying my best not to feel anything about this old man dying. (laughs) Um, I think... I think um, I think Jacqueline enters sort of with no plan, and so she sort of keeps her head down and just sort of like starts walking through the mall until she finds an appropriate store. Who knows what that means to to her? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that you you know check out the board and you know see the a couple of different places on there, and so on your way to check out the first. You're passing by a tailor, and you can hear a woman's voice coming from inside saying, All right, now, hold still. Look, I, I know this is uncomfortable, Quasi, but, you know, just hold still for the, the tailor. And the panel switches over to inside, where Miss Terry, going under 
the assumed name of Susan Gibbs standing there next to Quasi, who is uncomfortably getting measured by the tailor at this place. Quasi, after everything that happened, Miss Terry has moved in with you. She's taken on a new appearance. Her hair is cut short, uh, dyed to be a uh, chestnut auburn. Uh, She's taken to wearing, you know, glasses, which you never really saw her wore. Uh, Very much different wardrobe, though you haven't seen her much outside of, like, lab coat kind of look. Mm -hmm. But uh, with... Rapid Falcon having passed on, and Falcon Girl, even more so than the uh, space where the team didn't really get together, it's not necessarily that Miss Terry is babysitting you, but it's kind of an equal give and take thing where she needed somewhere to go, Falcon Girl's parents aren't around, Rapid Falcon's not around, so... You know, it works out, and she's brought you here today to get fitted for a uh, raptor suit. Quasi is not thrilled. <laughs> I, I know it's not the most comfortable thing, Quasi. Nobody likes getting dressed up. But, but Quasi never wears clothes. Why would Quasi have to wear clothes now? It's seen as a respectful thing in society that, you know, you wear clothes for, you know, events like this. What if Quasi just wear single black tie? And the tailor pipes in and says, Well, honestly, uh, I believe that I was going to put together a simple... Shirt and coat for you with a tie to go with it. Um, Honestly, working around the legs and tail is really not a practical thing for pants to be involved. I believe, as the kids say, we're going to be Donald ducking it. (laughs) Why not make it easier and just take, we'll just take tie. Quasi nods. Quasi, I listen. I I'm sure that makes sense, but it's it's just polite culture, okay? Uh, you know, you won't have to hopefully wear it often, but if we can get it, you know, taken care of now, it should be all right. And I think as she's saying that, Quasi, you kind of like sniff the air, and you get the familiar scent of your friend Royale nearby. Yeah, uh, so I think mid-sentence, like, quasi-visibly, like, tunes out, and (laughs) his little head plumage perks up, um, and he stands up a little bit higher, almost looking above uh, Miss Terry, and he's just going to say, Royale? Oh, yeah, and and quasi doesn't even have to look very hard. I I think upon hearing um, what... Is was most likely someone trying to fit Quasi for a suit. Royale has stopped dead in her tracks and turned <laughs> to look inside of the store that they are in, not even trying to hide herself anymore. 
Is there a crowd outside the store? I feel like there would be. <laughs> um, you had seen kind of a crowd waiting, and you did get like a few people who saw you when you came in and you know were following, and the few have kind of like waited outside. So there's like not necessarily a huge crowd, but there are like at this point maybe three or four people waiting to see you come out. Uh, so yeah, I guess I guess you see me. <laughs> uh, yeah, quasi just like waves and just goes hi, Royale. Uh, realizing that she is not in costume, <laughs> uh, she is going to uh, very clearly sees you and acknowledges you, but is also trying to not be like the one you are talking to. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I think she might duck out of sight uh, <laughs> just to make it look like Quasi isn't calling to her in particular <laughs> uh. <laughs> and Quasi your, your uh, mixed dinosaur eyes are very heightened and attuned to things and you can you know see such a broad spectrum of stuff you can perceive this little nod Mm-hmm. And at this moment, you get another familiar smell, and that smell kind of takes you back to when you rescued Miss Terry. And I think even as perceptive as you are, you just get this like sight of a sort of familiar woman of Asian descent walking past Royale. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I recognize that immediately. Um, and, and Royale kept going, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's, she's, she's walked away after you called out to her ever, of her superhero name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks quasi. <laughs> um, yeah, I think with that, Quasi's eyes are going to go a little bit wide. And I think uh, if I, I kind of imagine Miss Terry is still like talking. And I think Quasi is just immediately going to go to leave the store. <laughs> yeah. And like, wait, Quasi, Quasi, where are you? Where are you going? Quasi, come back here. Uh, he's going to turn to Miss Terry and say, Quasi, smell bad person. From from sync labs i think with hearing that uh miss terry kind of like visibly is shaken and i think starts to like head back to like a fitting room to kind of hide out mm-hmm. um yeah the quasi is going to go quasi is just gonna go right up to royale <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I, I guess now that we're a little out of the way, hopefully the crowd is not watching as intently as they were, as they were watching a dinosaur play dress up. Um, and Rael turns to him and he's like, I'm not in costume. Why did you call me that? Oh, sorry. Quasi forgot. Quasi is always quasi. So it's, it's a little strange. It's fine. Just fucking forget it. Sorry, Jack Golin. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, but Quasi will say, Quasi smell person from Sync Labs from the file folder. You smell a person that smells like file folders? <laughs> the file folder Quasi took from Sync Labs that had you in it had the others as well. Quasi smell one of them. Right. Look, I don't have the time to deal with any of that shit today. I'm looking for a clown suit just like you are. So. Quasi pretty sure Quasi's going to get away with only a tie. But this is a bad person, though. Okay. What do you want they me to do about They may be here it? for Quasi. They may be here for Miss Terry. Or they may be here for you. Or they could just be here to do what everyone else is doing. Shopping or, I don't know, whatever the fuck people do at malls these days. I... I guess that's possible. But Quasi finds it unlikely that they would be here the same time we are all here. Um... Jacqueline sighs and sort of looks over Quasi, seeing that he's probably visibly worried, um, and says, fine, if it'll calm you down, what do you want to do? We should find them and see what they're doing. Cool. Sure. Fine. You're the one with the magic nose. I'll follow you. Uh, Quasi will nod. And he'll, like, stand up a little bit straighter and take a good couple good whiffs. All right. That sounds like you're trying to assess the situation, Quasi. Sure does. Yeah. Go ahead and give a roll plus superior. On a 10 plus, you get to ask two. On a seven and nine, you get to ask one. Superior is a zero. So. Uh, that is an eight. All righty. So you get to ask from... What here can I use to blank? What here is the biggest threat? What here is in the greatest danger? Who here is most vulnerable to me? Or how can we best end this quickly? Uh, and you said I can ask two? You can ask one. On a 10 plus, you, can, oh, you get got to it, ask got two. It, got it, got it, um, Okay. Um, so I think going with the first one, basically. How can I locate? the person I caught a smell of before. I mean, it seems to be a busy day at the mall. So I feel like if you're able to kind of like extend your senses and really hone in on the smell of them, you can probably track them. Um, it is busy. So, you know, you would have a little bit of cover in this instance of trying to, you know, trail them. But if you get to like a less occupied part of the mall, it'll become apparent quickly that you're trying to follow them. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. I think quasi is going to try something new. Ooh, Quasi. Exciting. 
Yeah. So I feel like um, since experimenting, like since unlocking his ability to kind of shapeshift into various dinosaur forms and take on the various uh, aspects of different dinosaurs, um, I think Quasi is going to try and use that um, to emulate uh, some dinosaur species that are smaller um, to try to reduce his size just a little bit. Um, so he's not as big and bulky, so he can kind of uh, blend in with the crowd a little bit more. Um, and I don't think this is going to like shrink him down to anything like tiny, tiny. I think it's just going to make him um, just a little bit more normal person sized um, with like a little bit more uh, lithe and thinner features. Kind of that uh, uh, adopting like the um, uh, the small like uh, Compsognathus uh, dinosaurs, the little like chicken dinosaurs. Yeah, absolutely. And is that part of one of your moves specifically, or would this um, be? I'm using an ability. I'm using one of my powers. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead and. Uh, Roll. I'm going to kind of combine this, I think, with like the smell tracking. Go ahead and uh, roll uh, Unleash Your Powers. Sure. Um, that uses Freak, if I remember yeah. correctly. That uses your Freak, and you also get a plus one forward uh, because you are you know, acting on the information that you got from Assess. Got it. So that's nine plus one is 10 plus one forward is 11. All right. Yeah. So, uh, you managed to shrink down some, you're about the height of a, you know, slightly taller than average human. Now, uh, I think, well, you go ahead and describe how quasi looks now. Yeah. So um, Royal, I think, kind of sees Quasi like thinking for a second and then sees uh, it first seems as if his body begins to emaciate itself uh, like before her eyes and his frame gets a little smaller um, and it's it almost seems like his neck stays about the same length. It just gets kind of skinnier and his his snout gets a little bit more pointed um, and his actual frame kind of shrinks just a little bit. Um, so he's not as big and lumbering. Um, so he's a little bit more uh, speedier and smaller and uh, lithe looking. And he, like uh, if he stood all straight up, he'd still probably be over six feet tall, but um, crouched with his head down with his neck kind of uh, drooped. Um, he can kind of drop to easily like a little over five feet. I think Royale is uh, trying not to look horribly disturbed at watching this happen. <laughs> but she kind of like shakes her head and is just like, this is a thing that the Quasi does now. This is fine. This is not weird. Just, <laughs> just chill. Just chill. <laughs> As if Quasi couldn't get more weird. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, in my little bit more like kind of stealthy, speedy form, um, I'm going to try and weave my way through the crowd to try and tail this person. And and Jacqueline's going to try and follow him as best she can. Yeah. And I think as you start to go past Royale Quasi, you've got the scent 
but you also uh, start to you also notice something kind of sticking out of uh, one of well you're wearing a like what are you what are you wearing right now to kind of cover yourself from notice um probably like a ball cap and she's probably wearing a, a decently baggy jacket like the youths like to wear these days um they're all pretty dark muted colors nothing too exciting looking uh quasi you notice as you're getting ready to go past royale uh you see there's some sort of like card sticking out of royale's pocket but you do have the scent. Yeah, I think, yeah, Quasi notices it, but I don't think he thinks it's anything out of the ordinary. It's just something that Royale has, um, unless he can discern any information about it at a glance. But um, I think he's mostly focused on the scent. Yep. And so you are heading off down the aisles of this, um, of this mall. Forgot what it was called for a second. You're heading down the aisles of this mall. The giant store place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the smell leads you to a storefront that is very strange to you just because it's not really something you've seen at this point. Uh, above the uh, entryway, there is a big hat that's upside down, and it has a, you know, animatronic uh, rabbit going in and out of it, and in big neon letters across that, it says, Mike's Magic Shop, and the scent has led you in here. Uh, Quasi is uh, kind of, kind of as he determines that that's where the scent goes. He stops and lets uh, Royale catch up to him, and uh, will turn to Royale and says, "I think it went in there." <laughs> Good lord! Um, much like I, uh, I am. Uh, Ral is not prepared for the voice change. <laughs> um, and Logan's dumbfounded for a hot second before processing what? that this is the voice that came out of this thing that was formal, formerly quasi-shaped. What? What's wrong? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, she shakes herself out of it and looks up and she's like, oh, Magic Shop, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Um, do we go in? I don't know. You're the one in charge, pal. Well, they went in there, so I think we go in. Can, can, can you, can you turn back to, to, to normal quasi and tell me this? Uh, it, I mean, I can, but I probably should stay like this if we're going to continue to try. Okay. And yeah, that, them. that was probably wishful thinking. You're right. Uh, lead the way i guess i'm right behind you um yeah so quasi will nod uh and, and like also in his form like his plumage is like uh much more fine and and dow like 
Um, but uh, he uh, he will nod, and uh, his little uh, little Dow plumage goes uh, flat against like the back of his head and down his spine, um, and uh, uh, his head almost going parallel, head and neck going like parallel to the ground. He like scoots off uh, quickly towards the shop and tries to slip in. Yeah, and I think you go in, and this magic shop is certainly. You know, a very popular place today. Uh, there's a lot of people in here. You're kind of weaving through and around the people. Uh, Royale, are you following in as well? Yeah, I think Royale's probably keeping a, a, a little bit of a distance to, like, scope things out a little bit better. But she's she's following, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, you go in, you see all these people kind of, like... As Quasi's like going around, they like their heads perk up and they're like, what, what the, oh, what? And they kind of like are just in awe of what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Quasi, you're just very focused on task and you're heading to the back of the, uh, the back of the shop where it looks like in the uh, employee area is where the scent has led you. Hey, everybody. Cape Chronicles is back for season two. Now, I know we haven't done a mid-roll in a while, but there's a few things that I wanted to talk about. First off, how about this great new intro music? Like we talked about on the retrospective, this is written by Adam English and Rand Baladia, and it's performed by Upla the Mock. It's called Superpowers, and it is a kick-ass track, and we're so happy that they've given us uh, the allowance to use this for the show. It's so great, one of my favorites of theirs. You should definitely check them out. UplaTheMock.Bandcamp.com Check them out on streaming services. Excellent band. Anyway, hey, so a lot happened at the end of last season, right? Rapid Falcon is dead, so if you didn't know that, this is a poor choice of place to jump in, but spoiler alert, I guess. Anyway, speaking of Rapid Falcon, we get to see everyone's favorite poor heartbroken girl in just a little bit, Falcon Girl, played by Fiona L.F. Kelly. Fiona is one of the creative heads of Project Derailed. You can find her on Twitter at Fiona L.F. Kelly. She's also Ravis from Tales of the Void Fair. She's a frequent showrunner, GM, and player on Fables Around the Table. One half of the duo of Big Streaming Pile. And just an overall great human being. She has a lot of writing and credits to her name. You can find out more about that, like I said, on Twitter at Fiona L.F. Kelly. You already heard from our creative director of Project Derail, Chelsea Rexinger, playing Royale. You can find her at CLRex4 on Twitter. She's also one half co-owner of Plot Camera and Candles. Check them out. They make amazing products. You can look them up on Etsy. There's also links on Chelsea's Twitter. Chelsea is also another showrunner and frequent GM and player for Fables Around the Table, the wonderful anthology series of games that we run. If you've seen any of the promo art that we've used from any of the episodes of last season, that was all Chelsea, such an amazing artist. Uh, We've got 
Quasi Raptor, aka Nick Urasiva. You can follow him on Twitter at Nick Urasiva. And he is the other half creative director of Project Derail, the GM of Tales of the Void Fair, a frequent player on Fables Around the Table, and head of our social media, and also just a real swell guy. He's absolutely not cancelled right now, but you never know. And rounding out the cast, we have our favorite Twitch streamer, Mr. Roger. You can follow him on Twitter at M-I-S-T-E-R-R-O-D-G-E-R-T-T-V. That's right, spell it out, because his is not quite spelled the same as the PBS stalwart uh, Mr. Roger's Neighborhood. But wanted to clear that up. Great comfy streamer, does a lot of fuser stuff. Just a really entertaining person, you should check him out. And same thing for the Twitter handle. Look up Mr. Rogers, spelled the same way on Twitch. And you can get to the stuff. He's also a frequent guest on Tables Around the Table episode. And he was part of an interstitial episode of the wonderful podcast, Tales of the Void Fair. You can follow Lil Me at the Comics Ads and also at Cape Chronicles. I think I forgot to mention my name to you all. I'm your GM, Cliff. Hey, how you doing? But... Now that we've gotten all the plugs out of the way, like I said, we want to thank you for being such great listeners. Hope you've been enjoying what we've been doing, and your support means the world. Now, did I say that the plugs were over? They've just begun. You should go to projectdrail.com to check out all of our great shows. I pretty much mentioned them. We've got Big Streaming Pile. That one's about bad and rated movies on streaming services. We've got Fables Around the Table, a great anthology series featuring a different RPG each season. Fable Super is where this show is in fact spun off from. So if you haven't listened to that, you'll be able to listen after you finish this episode, of course. We've got the flagship show, which is really funny because it's about space boats, Tales of the Void Fair. Spelljammer-inspired definition podcast that's been going long before Spelljammer was ever announced. But if you want some good spacefaring content, go check that out. And we've also got It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. That one's hosted by good old Evan and Tales of the Void Fair's Lapwing Staker. But I think that covers much all of the plugs that I want to do this episode. So again, thank you for listening. We're glad you're here. We've got a lot more content coming. So strap in, put on your red pajamas, and get ready to soar with us. From everyone here at Project Derail, hey, come check out the Discord, projectderail.com slash Discord. We'd love to talk to you about the episodes, bugs, video games, all kinds of content. Anyway, back to the show. I plan these out so thoroughly, not rambling at all. Back to the show. Falcon Girl, it's been a hell of a last 48 hours for you. It's all kind of gone by in a flash. In fact, flashes of red and blue, as you remember, some sort of emergency services lights. You may have punched an EMT. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah honestly it's kind of all a haze yeah and just kind of over the haze of it you remember winding up back at the base yeah um 
I think that she stumbles through the base, uh, sort of lost as to uh, what exactly to do. Um, I think it very much feels not quite real, although already, like, things feel as if there's, like, sort of been a veil over everything, like, over her life before. Um, but I think that she finds herself in the, um, in, like, the the room where they, like, train and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think you have, uh, you remember kind of at one point when a little bit of the fog lifts, Miss Terry, who's now kind of got a much different appearance, like dark glasses, kind of a real short bob cut to her hair, dyed, you know, chestnut brown. I don't know if startled is the best word, but... You weren't expecting to see her, but mm-hmm. as you do, you remember one of the last things that Falcon told you was that because of the incident with Quasi and Sync Labs, she was going to hide out here under an assumed identity. Okay. But you only kind of see her as you've gotten back in, look over, see Quasi sleeping in you know, his little area that he's carved out of the base. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think she's going to go push into her, like, sort of, like, research room and uh, shut the door behind her to try to be alone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're able to do that. You kind of see, like, a very sad, sympathetic look in Miss Terry's eyes. You, like, get up and head there. How does How does that make Falcon Girl feel, if anything, at this moment? Um, I think she feels, like, a little bit angry, about it um i think that she she just is like leave me alone why are you even looking at me right now like you know um and she goes uh and she just sort of like stomps over and it's just like not even going to acknowledge it yeah absolutely uh that's completely valid i don't think there's any real attempt made at this moment to try and talk to you but once you're into your uh, research room, what do you do? Um, I think that she, like, sits down in front of the computer, and she's not entirely sure what to do first. And I think that she knows that she needs to implement the, like, you know, Uncle Deacon is, is dead now um, protocols. Yeah, the, the Falcon Down protocol. Yeah, um, but I don't think she does it right away, um, because that seems like it would make it, like, real. (laughs) Um, for sure. And I don't think that she wants to do that. Um, yeah, I think that she just starts, like, she starts doing something, like, very mundane, like, reorganizing the files or, or something that like it, it doesn't really need to happen but just like gives her something to do yeah absolutely you know I think while you are organizing the files um, you're kind of going back through and getting into some of the older ones you're you know sorting through them and a photo falls out of one as you're, you know, trying to sort through, see what's 
possibly relevant, what can be go into what can go into archives. But yeah, a old Polaroid photo falls out. And she picks it up and looks at it. Yeah, and you can see that it's a picture in the base. Uh, many years ago, much less technically savvy computer system set up, but kind of hovering over a chair is Rapid Falcon, you know, Uncle Deacon. And in the chair, kind of both of them looking towards the camera and giving these like cheesy smiles, your dad giving a big thumbs up. Uh, your dad is in there. What does, uh, what does your dad look like? Um, I think that my dad, um, he's like, uh, he's like on the taller side. Um, but I think he's like thin and lanky. Uh, he has dark hair like Amelia has. Um, but it's sort of, it's very like, um, like a clean, a clean cut classic dad style. Um, he also has like large glasses that he wears, like sort of like very 80s style, like aviators. Um, yeah, I think that's what he looks like. Like maybe in the photo dress, like sort of casual dad wear. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cause you know, your dad never really did much heroing as far as like out in the field, but this looks to be a picture from, from what you can tell from looking at like old photo albums of like when your parents were dating and first got married, this looks like right in that time frame of probably like within six months on either side of your mom and dad getting married. Looks like about the same style he had about then, even as a much younger man, he still was very much uh, dad. Yeah. The big dad energy. Exactly. And as you see this, there's a slight knock on there a knock on the door. Amelia, Amelia, are you in there? And it's the voice of your father. Um, she seems kind of startled by that. Um, and she goes and uh, she opens the door crack. And uh, like, it's almost like she isn't actually expecting to see her dad there, but she had to like open the door to make sure that it really was him. Yeah, it's definitely him, you know, I think a little bit grayer on the sides from that picture. Uh, but he, he looks rough and he just kind of instantly just comes in and hugs you. Like, doesn't really say much of anything. Um, she pushes him away when he does that. He kind of looks hurt and he's like, Amelia, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know what to say. I, we need to implement the protocols. Yeah. Um, I helped your uncle set them up. I will, I, I can get that started for you if you like. Okay. And I think he, you know, kind of walks over to like the main computer and starts typing. Um, she sort of like watches him and 
Um, while he uh, while he's doing that, she pockets the Polaroid. Yeah, I don't think that's any kind of question. You're able to get that pocketed without any kind of notice. No, he's giving me a freebie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your uncle is well. Your your uncle is dead. But yeah. <laughs> your father is clearly distraught over oh, all this. How could you do this, and Cliff? Because it's fun. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so it looks like he's tapping away at the computer. And from what you can tell, you can hear from the speakers of the computer the familiar bam, the noise that... Uh, computers make when they're, uh, you know, not when it says like action denied or needs administrative access, whatnot. You kind of look over and with the noise of the error sound, this body language is reading very frustrated. I can do it. Yeah. So are you pushing your dad out of the way? Yep. She's pushing what I'm assuming is like a swivel rolly chair. And uh, getting in front of the computer, probably like kneeling in front of it and uh, doing whatever she needs to do to implement the protocol. Yeah. So you head over and you're basically hitting like you did with, uh, you know, you've been told to do many times and you're getting the same kind of error message coming through. Uh, so it's just that it's the administrative access? I think this would be... It feels like something more is going on with this. Okay. Uh, I would say that something strange is definitely going on with the computer right now. She's going to sort of, like, step back from it and be like, this isn't right. Something's something's happened. I don't know if someone like hacked this or you know, but I I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on here, Amelia. Uh I helped your uncle get this set up rolling. I I should have administrative access. Uh for a while I was your uncle's man in the chair. Yeah, I I, I don't know. We've been over this a hundred times and it's just not working. Is there like a bug in the system or, I mean, could it be some sort of like spyware from something else, like someone messing with it or something? I mean, there's a lot of sensitive information on here. It's not impossible that someone is trying to hack it for some reason. I feel like this could be a good opportunity for an assess the situation unless you've got some sort of move that would go with it. I don't think so. So I think an assess the situation would be good. Let's look at... Ooh, I only have two conditions. Awesome. Um, Assess the situation. So I have negative two to assess the situation. And what is the the thing I roll it with? Uh, The label for that is superior. Is superior. Okay, so I have negative one. That's really bad. That is a three. I think that 
uh, as you are looking through that, looking like at the computer, trying to see maybe there's some sort of issue going on, I think you see a big red box come on the screen and it just says system lock. It just kind of flashes and if you like try and like tap on the keyboard or use the mouse or anything, everything's just locked where it is. Like some sort of potential hacker attack locking the system down. Uh, what what's going on? Have you ever seen this do this before? I don't understand. This is a redundancy that was really programmed in years ago. It's some sort of some sort of signals coming through, and it's the system trying to block it. Uh, 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 and you see your dad panics and just go dives under the desk and just pulls out all of the plugs from the wall, and you see the system just kind of go dark. The old, uh, the old NCIS or whatever that show was that did all the hacker stuff. <laughs> that old trick. <laughs> yep. Enhance, enhance. <laughs> enhance, enhance. Get more keyboards in there. That's That was the problem. We didn't have enough <laughs> keyboards going. <laughs> Fuck, where's Chelsea when we need her? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she uh, just sort of stares at the darkened screen and uh, looks at her dad and is like, well, what now? So we're going to flip over now to Remix. Remix, you had posted earlier in the day, after uh, the day before, on the comms channel uh, for the team. You had received a message under Rapid Falcon's information, but it wasn't Rapid Falcon. They identified themselves as uh, Rapid Falcon's brother-in-law, Amelia's dad. And... They let you know, you all know that services for for Rapid Falcon you know, were going to be in about a week's time, and so currently, you know, the rest of the team, to your knowledge, should be out picking up uh, new you know, clothing for a funeral, and so. You would post on social media. It's like, hey, going to hang out with, going to be hanging out at the mall tomorrow. Uh, any fans who want to meet up and hang out, you know, be a good way to get some uh, engagement with the fans and make sure you're keeping that public image for you. And speaking of your fans, I think uh need to check how that uh, life balance is going for you. Yes, let me do that roll. I think it's five. I think it's five. Because I think I still have a negative one on audience rolls, I think. Or if not, it's just going to be a six. Or seven, rather. Yeah, I think the uh, minus one would affect here because it is part of that balance. So, uh, mark potential. Uh, now, Now you have a minus one ongoing to your rolls involving your audience, so... It's not as big of a crowd as you would expect, but there are, you know, some loyal fans out here that are, you know, waiting to meet you at the mall. As you enter, you're getting hounded by 
everyone for pictures, for, you know, autographs. I think that there's someone in the crowd who you kind of pick out as you're, like, looking around everyone. And they've got a big scowl on their face, just staring daggers at you. Okay. Um... Is there anything that they're wearing that looks suspicious or anything like that? Uh, as you look them over, uh, you... It's not so much suspicious, but you do uh, recognize it. Uh, this is a local rapper that you did a remix of uh, one of their songs. Their name's Young Hero. And uh, you did a remix of one of their songs uh, a couple weeks back, and it didn't quite get the engagement that you usually get. Just kind of judging off the cuff, uh, I th- you probably are assuming that it has something to do with that remix. Okay. Um, do I get the feeling that, like, we are cool or... Do I just not really know him like that? Or know them like that? Like, just in general, I suppose. Um, I don't know that you've necessarily had any dealings with him in particular. Uh, I think one of the things you wanted to do, just to kind of help that image of, like, you're invested in the local community, not just by being a superhero, but okay. also, like, wanting to highlight you know, local talent. And so he's not the first local musician that you've remixed, but from the look on his face, it looks like if at some point the two of you were cool, you're certainly not right now. Got it. I think that makes sense. Okay, cool. So, uh, I'll actually just kind of, go right over to him and be like, hey, what's going on, Young Hero? Everybody check it out. Young Hero in the building. Give it up, y'all. And there's, there's like two random fans that are like, yeah, they're just the anything I say. They're just like, hell yeah. <laughs> they're just jumping on it. <laughs> and I'll kind of I'll kind of make my way over and try to um, do like a dap kind of move and just be like, hey, what's going on? Hey, you know, um, Nice seeing you, young hero. You know, that remix is really popping off. I'm just manifesting positive interactions now. <laughs> well, yeah, you've walked up to him and you've, like, tried putting your hand out to dap him up and, you know, trying to endear him to you. And from the look on his face, he's just not having it. He says, you know, how are you going to say that you know, you putting me on and that track's doing numbers. When I seen the numbers on on them plays, and, man, that ain't nothing. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean it's just, I mean, the, the numbers, they're going to come, baby. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, you know, you, you get a good mix going. Hey, you know, sometimes you got to let the, you got to let the people take it and run with it, you know? The, the people ain't take it yet, but they're going to take it and run with it, trust me. And that remix was trash, bro. Like, you're going to sit here and tell me that this is about to pop off when that ain't even SoundCloud worthy. How are you going to sit there and post that 
looking looking as bad as it do. All right. So first off, you know, I was trying to tell you that like disco is going to make a comeback. Okay. So that's why they weren't prepared for the studio 54 remix. So is I'm telling you though, give it a week and then the club's going to get a hold of it. I'm already going to hand it off to some people. I'm telling you, it's we're, we're pushing the boundaries here. And, and especially for like, look, we're talking about local dudes. We're about to be pushing the envelope. It sounds more like uh, you're trying to calm him down. So go ahead and give me a comfort or support role. That's uh, plus mundane. Okay. Oh, that is a minus two. So that is six. Yeah. So you have, you know, you, you've got him like in this, in this panel, you know, he's face just progressively goes from the next couple panels from red to redder to reddest. And it's like, I don't want you touching any of my tracks, my dude. I am not trying to make a joke of this. Like, you sat there and you took the most heartfelt song I ever wrote and you turned it into some clown shit, my man. Like, we about to throw throw down over this. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, hey, we don't need to do that. You know, and so I'm sitting there like looking around at like all of the fans and stuff like, uh, you know, you sure you trying to do this right now Um, over over a song? Honestly, I feel like, you know, I kind of improved the song, but I get what you mean. You know, it's your art. You know, I mean, I feel you. I don't want to disrespect. I didn't want to disrespect or anything like that. But and and the whole time, the whole time I'm actually saying that I am like closing my fists, getting prepared. (laughs) Just in case. The way I see it, my man, you got two options right now. Either it's going to be on site every time, or you can take that trash down. What you going to do? Um, I am going to... I think after him saying that it's the most like heartfelt song that he's he's done or whatever... Um, I'm going to sit there and, um, I'll pull up, I'll pull up my phone or whatever and, uh, go to the track where it's uploaded and I'll, and I'll say, you know what, let me actually unpublish it right now. I think I'll, I'll make some tweaks to it and I'll, uh, I'll run it by you before I upload it again. How about that? Uh, I think this time it's going to provoke someone just because this point there's no real comfort that you're trying to hit Mm -hmm. with it. It's more... Like, uh-huh. you're trying to, you know, severely de-escalate the situation before it really pops off. So, uh, go ahead and roll plus superior. Oh, okay, this is a good one. Uh, this is 11. All right. For NPCs on a ton plus, they take the bait and do what you do what you want. So, um, right now, uh, my interpretation is that you want to de-escalate the situation. You don't want to cause, like this big fight in front of your fans, possibly still keep a potential working relationship available with this dude, right? Yeah. 
All right, he sees you pulling out the phone and unpublishing the song. And, you know, he hears you. And I think, you know, you can see, like, the color drain from, drain from his face. Not, like, to a pale, but, like, back to normal. And he's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, all right. All right, fine. And he kind of, like, you know, waves to the couple of guys he's got with him. And he's like, all right, man. All right, guys. Let's roll. We ain't gonna do the. We ain't gonna do nothing today. And as they start walking off, uh, you notice, kind of in the background, uh, you see what you think is Quasi Raptor, though he's not nearly a be- as beefy a boy as you're used to seeing, and a very familiar to you bulky jacket from whenever you all have gone out trying to be incognito in Royale, following into uh, a magic shop across the way. All right, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make my way over there then. And um, I think there will be some people that are like, hell yeah, we're going to go to the magic shop, y'all. And there's like <laughs> somebody that's been vlogging this entire time. That they've just been talking over everything of just like, oh, what's Remix going to do? Hey, y'all, okay, cool. We about to go to the magic shop, y'all. Check this out. I see all three of y'all here right now on my live. What's up, everybody? (laughs) Only three. Is is Remix going to break into magic talk? (laughs) Get in on that game? (laughs) Yeah, they're just like, man, magic is popping right now. Yeah, so you head over, and it seems to be, you know, a pretty... Uh, popping scene in here for a magic shop as in there's probably you know more of a crowd of people than you were expecting aside from like the person working behind the counter and uh, who at the moment you can see Royale you know Quasi went in here but uh, you're not sure just on first glance where he's at which is very strange to you because you can always pick Quasi out of a crowd for obvious reasons but there's like another like 10 people or so in here. And Royale, you start to hear a commotion of people like heading into this shop as about another 10 are following your best friend Remix inside. As as if today can't get any worse. <laughs> um I think she she turns and she sees Remix and she tries to pull him aside so that they're not in the middle of the crowd and the filming and the everything. <laughs> um and she 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 says to him I guess the gang's all here. What what are you doing here? Uh, getting magic supplies and you do kind magic of, now. Yep. <laughs> and I just I just pick up like a pair of handcuffs near me, and I'm just like, "Yep, I'm doing magic now." Cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, did did you have to bring your your entourage with you? Oh, <laughs> uh, th- this is I. I don't even know these people. I know, like this guy, and it's the person vlogging the whole time. I'm like, his real name is James. 
Could could you tell them to go away? Uh, I mean, I could try. Some guy in the back is, you know me, you liked my tweet once. <laughs> oh, that's right. I do. I do know that guy. I do know that guy. I did like his tweet. Uh, <laughs> Jacqueline, like, lowers her voice and gets a little closer. And she's like, Quasi thinks there's some kind of villain here. So there is potentially a situation. I'm indulging him. I don't know what the fuck. But in the off chance he's onto something, I'd prefer these people not have to get hurt. Oh, I got you. I got you. Okay, so we're trying to be incognito. As got incognito it. as you can be. Yeah, in the middle of a shopping mall, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that makes sense. So, um, all right, you know what? I think... I think I have a solution. And I'm going to try to find, like, some, some, some magic powder on the shelf. <laughs> And I'm going to be like, be gone and, and drop the magic powder and, and hope that it, it makes a big poof. And then I'm going to try to hide real fast. So <laughs> if you were just trying to obscure and run, this would be a no brainer. But with as many people are as in here, I'm going to say this is an act under pressure roll. And I'm going to say that the label that's mm -hmm. relevant here is a uh, is superior. Oh, I feel good about this. <laughs> and remember, you do have a minus one ongoing because it is involving your audience. All right. That's going to be an eight. All right. So seven and nine, I give you a worse outcome, a price to pay or a hard choice. I think that what happens here is you do manage to set off one of these powder bombs. You grab a couple of them thinking, you know, more powder means more opportunity to hide. But you're not used to kind of doing this kind of thing. You're used to actually like using your powers to affect things around you. And I think one of them, like as you're raising your hand up to disappear one of them flies out towards the back of the room and quasi you're sniffing around heading towards this back door to the place and right in front of you this big powder bomb goes off and just kind of clouds your senses and uh, I think you as you throw the couple you have in your hand left one of them ends up hitting your shoe. So you've got this powder all caked into your shoe now. And I think oh, man. you have a bit of powder covering you and a little and a decent bit gets on Royale as well. So you you're able to hide, but you also now have given like notations of like we are the ones that did this. So if the store employee does like come around to you, there's not going to be much you can do like a, uh, like an ink bomb in a bag of money. Yeah, that's fair. Right. <laughs> that's fair. I can live with this. Uh, you can. 
but your audience that followed you is impressed. Like, where, where do you go? How do you do that? And uh, I think they start to dissipate. Some of the crowd that was in here, you know, they're kind of coughing and wheezing from this going off in such a close proximity. And they start to head out as well. Remix, you're going to have to commit to this part of your brand now. Moving forward. Just yeah, and, <laughs> no, we're just, we're doing magic now. <laughs> I don't know what the handcuffs had to do with anything, but I'll have to figure out a way that I can handcuff myself to something and get out of it, I guess. Smoke bobs. That sounds like your next album name. <laughs> handcuffs and smoke bombs. It sounds like a Post Malone record. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think in the confusion, uh, Jacqueline probably grabs um, Remix's arm and, and tries to, to pull pull him back to where Quasi is. Yeah, so you get back to Quasi, and Quasi, as your senses start to like come back to you after being deluged with this, uh, you all ma- the three of you manage to <laughs> get into the back room with a kind of like, hey, uh, you can't go back there. Coming from near the front, but... Slam the door. (laughs) Yeah. And so you go back, and there's just this stock room with boxes of different tricks and and such going on. But there's also a uh, wide-open door to back behind them all. Well, what now? Amelia, I... I wish I could tell you what to do here, but this was never my my forte. I think your uncle, your uncle was one of my best friends. I think I know him pretty well. He would tell you, stay the course. He's, he was very stubborn. I'm sure you know that. But, sweetie, if you... If this is too much, your mother no, and I understand. It's it's not. I, I can handle it. Okay. Well, your mother and I were named executors of your uncle's estate in case anything like this happened. You don't have to worry about any of that. You can you can focus on you and what you need and anything that your mother and I can do to help just say the word and we will find a way to make it happen we've lost touch with a lot of connections but we do still have some if you need them okay do you want to stay here or do you want to come back to come back home for a couple nights anything you need I should work on this and try to figure out what the problem is maybe okay um, if you want I can stay here or that's okay you have you have stuff to do alright I love you Amelia alright bye and he walks off. All right. Um, I think that her next thing that she's doing is trying to figure out how the fuck the 
the system works <laughs> as best she can from whatever paper copies of things that they have. Yeah, uh, I think that you're looking through old files now, and you know, considering that's literally what you're doing, I think uh, this would be a good opportunity for been reading the files. And, All right. Uh, this definitely would count as a phenomenon because, as far as you've understood it. Your uncle's system has been pretty fail-safe for the entire time you've been doing this. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's the label on that again? I think that one might be superior as well. That would be one of your playbook moves. Yeah, I think it is. That is better. That's an 11. All right. So on that 11, I believe you get to ask, well, you know, you, you get to state what you believe the phenomenon is that's going on. I will give any sort of clarity to what you say based on any differences between the files and what you're experiencing. And then with that 10 plus, you get to ask a follow-up question. Mm, okay. Um, so I think that what is going on here... Um, so, okay, so I state what's going on, and then I get a follow-up question, correct? Yep, exactly. Okay. Uh, I think that what's going on is sort of like whatever... Um, kind of powers that be here that were involved with his death and stuff uh, are, you know, now trying to... I mean, there is, like, an outside hacker trying to infiltrate the computer, and that is why it's, like, being shut down. Um, but I think it sort of ties into the larger, uh, the larger issues occurring. All right, so you are reading through everything, and you see that... Um, you know, you've gone through all the steps you were trained to do. You put in your passwords in triplicate. You put your hand onto the biometric scanner and everything was supposed to go as it should. But the problem was for you that your uncle never really told you what would happen after you've done all that. Mm -hmm. And so you start reading through these files and by all accounts of everything else you've seen, this seems like the procedure that, you know, the computers would go into when things were being locked down from hacker attacks. You remember a bad uh, hacker attack from a villain, Black Hat, that was right when you and your uncle first started training together. And you saw him basically lock down the computer before any data could be taken. And this looks exactly like that. But as you're going through the files, you've seen that 
Uh, around the point you were two is when your dad stopped being the man in the chair for your uncle. And there are some notes dated around when you would have been about three or four. And you see some notes about a uh, newly added Falcon Down lockout procedure. And this seems possibly like another redundancy in case someone found out about Falcon Down and was trying to use that. Obviously, it didn't account for the biometrics at that point, but that may have been something that your uncle forgot to turn off or something else. But I think that's what you're able to find by checking the files and, you know, what seems different about what you knew. Okay. Um... Hmm. Now, follow-up question. Does she find a way to... I, I guess that would be if she finds a way to sort of, like, um... I keep thinking of... This is not, like, a computer thing that's real by any means. So I keep thinking of in A Christmas Prince 2, where they ke- where they keep saying they're going to backdoor the access... <laughs> Um, is there a way that she finds that if she turns this on, she can see where this sort of like possible third party thing is coming in from, or, or are you, or is it more that you're telling me that it's not something like that? I think that the way it was designed, it was meant to look like blocking a hacking attempt because your uncle was concerned that, Someone would find the base who knew about Falcon Down and try to use that to gain admin access over the system. Yeah. So, okay, so then does she find a way to circumvent that and um, actually implement the protocol? I think that after a bit more digging, I think the redundancy in the Falcon Down protocol you learn is the system is kind of data scrubbing media, uh, city documents, whatnot, to find backup verifiable proof of Falcon being gone. Okay. So basically she needs to turn it back on and let it do its thing. Pretty much, yeah. All right. She plugs all the wires back in. And uh, she lets it do its thing. And she sort of, like, sits in front of it, like, crisscross applesauce in the chair and just, like, stares at it, waiting. Yeah, and I think that you see after probably about 20 minutes or so, a notification comes up on your communicator... And it's a message that you haven't really seen before. And it's uh, system log. Estimated completion time, 24 hours. You kind of see just like it start. It turns onto like a silent mode for these messages. But after every 30 second interval, it says basically goes 
23 hours, 59 minutes, 30 seconds. 23 hours, 59 minutes. 23 hours, 58 minutes, 30 seconds. And it keeps basically like counting down. And I think at this point you realize, uh, you kind of see like little blips on the terminal as you're getting these messages. So the system is essentially pulsing to let you know that you have about 24 hours before all the completed systems. After the first two minutes go by, you do see a welcome to Falcon Down Protocol System Check. For a list of options, press 1. She presses 1. List of options. Possible results of Falcon Down Protocol. List of repercussions for false Falcon Down Protocol. General query access. I think she's going to go with general query access. Welcome to Rapid Falcon Virtual Remote Desktop Application. How can I assist you? Oh, shoot. I thought it was going to be like an FAQ page. <laughs> um, she is... Uh, oh, gosh. Um, she is going to type in... Um, what happens after the system is logged? After system completes data scrubbing, Hollow Falcon protocol engages. If evidence found to be insubstantial, system remain locked until biometrics of Rapid Falcon used to unlock system. If Rapid Falcon does not biometrically unlock system within 24 hours of completion, system scheduled for automatic wipe. So what, what happens to make it do the automatic wipe again? Uh, basically, if Rapid Falcon, after the uh, scan has been completed and there's no evidence of Falcon down, uh, if he doesn't do it within 24 hours, basically uh, hard drive wipe. Okay. So it's so it's still looking for the information that this is like legitimate. Basically, yeah, it's okay. scanning through all, and then so within two days, if, if there's no evidence to be found in records and whatnot, then essentially Rapid Falcon's computer will wipe itself so that no sensitive information gets out. All right. Um. Yeah. Um. So. Okay, so she's pretty confident that's the case. She probably could just click the first option since <laughs> she essentially asked that. Um, she is also going to ask it... Um, so it mentioned the Hollow Falcon thing, correct? Yes, it did. Uh, she says... She types in, what is Hollow Falcon? Hollow Falcon is a virtual assistant program that acts as a... Potential replacement for Rapid fa Falcon. 
Rapid Falcon at the point of August 7th, 2020, had a recent scan of personality and memories imported into the system. From that point, a holographic facsimile of Rapid Falcon will be projected through the computer systems. Um, yeah, I think that she is going to accept that at that point and uh, be very, very tired um, and her brain not really being able to, like, process that fully, um, let the system continue to run. Yeah, so are you heading up to bed at that point or what do you do now? I think that she's going to sleep in that room. So I think she's going to, like, sort of, like, be in that chair and just kind of put her head back and just, like, sleep in front of the computer. Absolutely. I think it's pretty quickly lights out. And she's a youngin, so it doesn't, like, affect her for, like, a week. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) Rayal, I think they're onto us. Someone threw a smoke bomb. She she once again has to take a second to like process the voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, and to reiterate, like Quasi is like slightly smaller. He's not like tiny, but he's you know s- smaller and skinnier with like a long, slender neck compared to his usual form with like a slightly pointier snout and more like uh, Dow-like feathers. Um, seems to be like a speedier, stealthy form. Um, um and yep. yeah. yeah. Royale points to small quasi and is like, that's quasi. Don't ask. Um, <laughs> see, the thing is, is that I was going to ask, but now that you said don't ask, it feels awkward if I asked. So <laughs> I, I guess uh, he's just small now. Hopefully not forever. Cause well, Why? you heard him. <laughs> Why? What's wrong? She she looks at him before moving past it entirely. Don't worry about the smoke bombs. It's fine. Everything's fine. Where are we going now? Uh, Quasi's going to take a moment and sniff the air to see if he can um, uh, like reacquaint himself with uh, the the sense. Yeah, you are able to kind of reorient yourself. Uh, the overwhelming smell of trash almost like you know completely smothers it but you are able to get the scent of them back unfortunately that scent does kind of lead to one of the dumpsters that are back here yeah quasi's gonna go that way and say i think she might have went in the dumpster Quasi, why would she have gone into a dumpster? Uh, Quasi will shrug and say, this is where the smell goes. And then Quasi is going to jump up into the dumpster. Yeah, you jump in. And I think you're able to kind of guess from here as you as you're about to land in. It looks like somebody had been like in here. And as you're kind of rooting around in it, I think you might understand why. Uh, because the smell of garbage just kind of completely overwhelms everything. And you 
have learned enough to know that like prey will oftentimes to try and elude find things that mask their scent. Mm-hmm. Quasi will hop out and say, um, Quasi thinks she might know we're following her. She may have jumped in dumpster to mask her scent. Uh, Jacqueline rubs her face and she's just like, okay, so we, we did all this. We're, we're wanted by the magic shop and all this for nothing. Cool. Great. Wonderful. And Royale, I think at this point is like when you notice that there is a card in your pocket. Yeah, and we pull it out and we look at it. It is a Queen of Hearts, and it has written on it, Meet me at midnight at the old Baxter building to talk. And it just has signed with a Q. The Baxter building where the Fantastic Four live? (laughs) In comic books that you've read, yes. There's Uh, more than one Baxter. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is this is Baxter like B A C K S T E R. Uh, Like like I see. Yeah. Yeah. In Halcyon. Common mistake. uh, The Mm -hmm. Baxter building is known as (laughs) basically it's an old factory on the north end of town. Okay. Um, Royale's probably just, like, looking at this. She's not really making any effort to hide it from, um, the other two if they want to look at or, and or comment on it. (laughs) Um, yeah, when Quasi, like, notices, like, now out of uh, Royale's pocket, uh, because she's holding it, uh, does Quasi recognize, like, the smell coming off of it? You get up real close to it, just because that garbage is, like, kind of everywhere on you right now. And you go and sniff, and it does have that scent. Uh, Quasi's eyes will light up, and he'll go, That smells like the lady. The lady I was tracking. Um, Royale looks deeply uncomfortable with this information. (laughs) The lady from the file folder. Right, yeah, you said that. Um... I think Quasi at this point, uh, not focusing on the task at hand, I think is just going to naturally, probably a little bit without realizing it, um, uh, bulk back up to his uh, normal form. So what do we do now? I think Remix is just kind of staring, confused as to how Quasi was able to do that. You saw Quasi uh, change shape uh, last time. I don't think it was that drastic. It's still horribly disturbing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, uh, yeah, he took on like, uh, I think it was like an Ankylosaurus like armor and like tail and stuff. And it was probably like, there was so much action. I was like, okay, cool. You haven't seen it up close. That's And I'm just like, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get over that, but that's, that's cool, I guess. (laughs) Uh, so Royale looks at him and it's just like, same. What? Why are you staring? Uh, it's just, you are a, you are a Marvel, my friend. Thanks. And that was a comic joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, tish. <laughs> um, Royale kind of, like, shakes her head to, like, become undisturbed by Quasi again. <laughs> and, um, I, I think she shoves the card back in her pocket and she's like, well, there's nothing we can do about it now. 
Okay. Yeah. And I think as you all are kind of wrapping this conversation up about uh, that person, you can hear a loud crash from back in the mall and the sounds of people screaming. Great. That wraps up this issue of Cape Chronicles. Cape Chronicles is powered by Masks, A New Generation. Masks was written by Brendan Conway and is published by Magpie Games. Visit magpiegames.com for more information on how you can create your own superhero stories in Halcyon City. Our theme song, Superpowers, was performed by Ukla the Mock and written by Rand Balavia and Adam English. Be sure to join us every first and third Wednesday for more superpowered stories and heroic hijinks. On behalf of Project Derailed, I'm your GM Cliff, and we'll see you next time. ProjectDerailed.com